I'm Doug Sarava, and I'm here to talk to you about faith, life, and death. Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Faith, Life, and Death. I'm your host, as always, Doug Sarava. Today's topic is called The Strong Man. When a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. Luke 11.21.22 In this passage, Jesus is talking about the demonic world. Think how differently the secular world would think and act if it believed that Satan is the god of this world. That he is their father. That he came to kill, steal, and destroy. And that he blinds them to the truth of the gospel. If they simply believed, they would be able to embrace the message of everlasting life. But they don't. So the demonic world has complete control of their lives. From the man on the street to the world's political leaders. They are the blind leading the blind to destruction. Jesus speaks of an armed man who is strong and because of his strength, his home and goods are safe. All it takes is someone stronger than he to overcome him. Our trust is in God and we are therefore never in danger of being overcome by the demonic world. Soul Search Is my faith entirely in God for today? Am I completely confident in his protection? Father, thank you that my goods are in peace because you are faithful. Now I'm sure many of you are thinking this is going to be a political talk. Don't worry, it won't be. We are strictly going to talk about faith. And I'm sure it may tie in. That's not my intention. But whatever God has me to say will be said. You gotta admit, this is a crazy world. There's a lot of craziness going on. And I feel like a lot of that craziness takes over our lives. It takes over our lives. It could be demons, it could be stress, whatever it may be. But I don't believe in letting demons take over my life. Some people let what happened 10 years ago take over their lives today. You know, we have to move forward. We have to be strong. We have to move on with our lives. I mean, I'm not afraid to admit, you know, people laughed at me in high school. That was over 10 years ago. Some people like to bring up the past and say, this happened to me, that happened to me. We can't let that take over our thoughts. We can't constantly believe what we hear. You know, someone may tell you you're worthless, you're not good enough, you're a loser, you're laughable, but we have to be stronger than that. We have to believe that we are better than that. We have to believe that we are good enough, we are worth it, we are important, we are valued. And it mentioned in the book... But they don't. So the demonic world has complete control of their lives, of their lives, 
from the man on the street to the world's political leaders. They are the blind leading the blind to destruction. And in the beginning of the book, it says Jesus is talking about the demonic world. Think how differently the secular world would think and act if it believed that Satan is the god of this world. You know, we see that today. You know, we have politicians that say, you know, America's a bad country. It's hateful. People that want to hurt you. All this nonsense. And for some reason, we automatically believe it. For some reason, we automatically follow it. But why is there so much doubt to believe what God has to say? Why is there so much doubt? God gave us the answer. God loves us. Yes, we are sinners and we are going to sin no matter what. We may, com we may commit a sin today. Tomorrow, right after going to church. But God's not going to give up on us. God's not going to say you're worthless, you're not valued. God still loves us, even though we aren't perfect. We automatically believe the opposite. If someone tells us we're worthless, we're not good enough, if someone says this is the worst country in the world, if someone says people hate you, whatever, whatever it may be, why do we always have that thought automatically? Why don't we just start believing what God has to say? That we are loved, that we are cherished, that we are valued, that we have worth. Don't you think that that could make a difference in our lives in the world we live in today? Don't you think that? Just maybe. Maybe if we start to believe in God. We could say we believe in God but if we constantly have that self-doubt, if we constantly believe in the ne negativity instead of the positive, maybe, maybe the world would be a better place. But most importantly, if we believed in that saying that God loves us, Maybe it won't be hard to love everyone around us. Because if we start loving others the way God loves us, this world would be a much better place. May God bless you all. I'm Doug Saravo. And I'm here to talk to you about faith, life, and death.
I'm Doug Sarava, and I'm here to talk to you about faith, life, and death. Good morning. The Selfish Gene. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and set him on his own animal, bore him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him, who fell among the thieves? Luke 10, 33, 36. This parable shows us how far we have fallen short of the demands of the morale law. Who of us ever loved our neighbor to this degree? Rather, we were self-willed, self-centered, and self-righteous. The entrance of the law is a standard by which we may measure ourselves it is a morale mirror, and what it reveals is not pleasant. Soul Search Now that my sins are forgiven, do I love my neighbor to this degree? What can I do to begin loving my neighbor? Father, help me to love my neighbor as myself, and be as concerned for his or for her salvation as I would be for mine. Think about that Bible passage. Are you the Good Samaritan? Are you the one to put other people first? Are you the one to not be selfish? Is that who you are? Are you willing to give someone money without no return? Or do you expect someone to pay you back? If you see someone sitting in the streets homeless, cold, freezing, will you buy a meal for them? Will you go to your local store and buy a blanket for them for the winter? Are you that good Samaritan? Are you willing to put other people first before yourself? Think about that. Think about your actions. Do you make others feel happy? Do you make others feel at home? And as I give you moments to reflect on that, if it doesn't fit you, maybe it's time to change. Maybe it's time to look in the mirror and figure I need to worry more about others than I worry about myself. If you look at the world we live in, a lot of people are in it for themselves. Everything has to be their way. 
they can never do no wrong. Sometimes they have to be right, even when they're wrong. Sometimes they have to get their way so others can be miserable. Think about how you live your life. Think about your actions. We are people filled with sin. So it may be blind to us. But are you willing to speak up and tell people they need to change? Think about that passage. What person will you be today? Will you be that person to make a difference in someone's life? If you see someone pain in pain, if you see someone struggling, will you forget about all your problems to help someone else? Because all it takes is one person to make a difference in someone else's life. Think about that for a moment. Think about how you can make a difference in someone else's life. Whether it's preaching the Word of God, whether it's being a counselor and giving them advice, whether it's buying them a meal when they're poor, whether it's buying them a blanket when they're cold, living in the streets. A lot of people, it's for themselves. They don't care about anyone else's failings. You know, when, when was the last time someone, someone made plans to go feed the homeless instead of getting, night, instead of getting drunk at a nightclub? Think about that. When was the last time you made plans for that? Let's go to a food bank. Let's go to a city and help the homeless people. When did we ever do that? We always make plans. We always base decisions on ourselves. Never for other people. So maybe it's time. Maybe after everything 2020 taught us, maybe that's a wake-up call from God to be a better person in 2021, to not be selfish, to not be greed, to not be egotistic, to not think we're never wrong. Maybe that's what God is trying to tell us in 2020. to stop being selfish and start serving his people. Maybe. Because a lot of people say, you know, why don't we ever blame God for, God for these issues? It's never God's fault. It's not. But maybe God is trying to wake us up. Maybe he's trying to wake us up because we are totally disobeying his words to honor people, to respect people, 
to care for people. For real. Look at your actions. Look at the world. Maybe this is supposed to be a huge wake-up call for us from God. Try it. Try being a better person. May that be your 2021 New Year's resolution. Because when we are a good Samaritan to others, God will have a seat for us saved in heaven. Because he wants us to serve his people and not serve, serve ourselves. May God bless you all. I'm Doug Saravo, and I'm here to talk to you about faith, life, and death. I'm Doug Saravo, and I'm here to inspire you on faith, life, and death. They are in a better place. That is usually the saying that we say when someone we love passes away. But how do we know that they are? God is the only one that knows that person's soul. None of us have the final say whether they get to heaven or hell. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Luke twelve nineteen twenty one. Some skeptics don't believe in the existence of the human soul. They really believe that the invisible doesn't exist, even though we have wind, love, electricity, and gravity are all unseen. And so is the soul. The soul is simply our life, and it's our life that will leave our body when we die. The man in the parable told himself that all was well with his soul when it wasn't. He went ahead and made his godless plans for the future, but it was not to be. Death doesn't wait for any man. How tragic that there are multitudes just like him. They plan only for the future of, his, of this short life while laying up their treasures on earth and foolishly ignoring eternity. May God awaken them to their faith. Soul Search what kind of treasures am I acclimating? Are they in heaven or on earth? Father, help me to be rich toward you. So when you hear that message in my Jesus in Red book, we truly have to examine our souls, our actions. 
Because I think for a lot of us, we believe that no matter what we do, no matter the sins we commit, no matter how we live our life, just because we go to church, just because we believe in the Lord, that we are automatically going to heaven. But that's not how it works. God has the final say. And as I give you a moment to reflect on that, you know, in the beginning I said how we always say they are in a better place. There's nothing wrong for believing in that. But we also have to pray that that person we love gets to that better place. And I want to go back to a line. Death doesn't wait for any man. Death doesn't wait for any man. And I think we all have to ask ourselves that question. If we were to if we were to die today and had our judgment day, will we be entering heaven? Will God say, welcome home? If the world ended today, will any of us be making it to heaven? Based on how society is, based on how the world is, the racism, the hate, the evilness, the crime, the corruption... Would you be going to heaven or would you be going to hell? We truly have to reevaluate our lives, but most importantly, our soul. Pleasures on earth, it's great, sure. It's great for us on this earth. But that doesn't mean it's great for us in heaven. We have to live our lives like we want to be in heaven. And I think if a lot of us did that, we won't be afraid to die. I think many of us are afraid to die because we don't know what eternity has for us. But if we are truly scared... Maybe it's time to change our ways. Maybe it's time to go to confession once a month. Because when we are in a state of grace, when our sins are forgiven, we can have a conscience that if we went to bed and didn't wake up, We can have that hope and we can have that prayer that we are going to heaven. Or if someone we know dies, we can have that hope and that prayer that they are going to heaven. Heaven isn't for everyone. Heaven is for those that want to be there. 
And if we truly want to be in heaven, maybe it's time to change the way we live our life. Maybe that's what we need. The more we love people, the more we accept people, but the more we live our lives for Jesus Christ, the better chance we will be able to call heaven home. Because if we have doubt, if we have doubt that we may not go there, then that's when we start to soul search. What kind of treasures am I acclimating? Are they in heaven or in earth? Or on earth? Am I living my life to get to heaven? Or am I just living my life to enjoy what earth has to offer us? And as I, as I let you reflect on that, I truly hope all of us have that goal of eternal life. May God bless you all. I'm Doug Saravo, and I'm here to talk to you about faith, life, and death. Worry and trust. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Luke 12, 23. This wonderful Bible verse is not just about clothes and food. It's about worry. Someone once said that worry doesn't do anything for tomorrow. It just saps today of its strength. Worry and fear of the future saps each day of our joy. The joy is that from the Lord and is our strength. Most of the time our fears are never realized. An old proverb, an old proverb said, Worry often gives a small thing a big shadow. Jesus is saying that we need not be stressed about our needs, even though they are legitimate. Of course we need money for gas, food, and clothing. But if we do not look to God as the supplier of our needs, life can be overwhelming. The issue rests on trust. Where is it? And what is it in? If it is in our Father in heaven, we will keep our joy and peace. Soul search. Do the burdens of daily living overwhelm me at times? Do I worry or do I trust the Lord with my burdens? Father, today I determine not to worry. Faith won't allow it. So many of us, we have that struggle. We have that fear about life. You know, we wonder, 
if things will go our way. We wonder if things will be possible for us. But do we ever turn to God and say, take control? Do we ever turn to God and say, take control? And I think about that all the time. How am I going to make money? How am I going to get through life? Get a good job? And I think this ties in with my prior episodes of what is faith. And I think when you have a plan to get somewhere in life, whether it's for a job, whether it's for a career, whether it's for a business, a business plan, whatever it may be, I think when we turn everything to God, it takes all the pressure off of us. It takes all of the pressure off of us. And what I mean by that is that God will lead us to the right direction. God will lead us to that path. I might be struggling. I might get overwhelmed. But I will have in the back of my mind, you know what? Everything will be okay. I may not get this job, but you know what? Maybe there's another job out there for me. I might be struggling with bills, but you know what? If I work hard, maybe I'll get a pay raise. Maybe I'll get financial aid, whatever it may be. I think when we have faith in the Lord, all of our burdens are taken away. Maybe not completely, but I think we will be at peace in our hearts and in our mind knowing that someone is looking out for us. And when you do that, it truly makes a difference. I might be struggling now, but you know what? God's plan is greater than my plan. And everything may not work out the way I want to, but it's going to work out the way God intends it to work out. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. It might not be easy for me. It may be hard. It may be difficult at times. But nothing is impossible for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May God bless you all. I'm Doug Sarava, and I'm here to talk to you about faith life and death.